again to the Soccer OG. That's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 30. As we always like to do, I always want to say hello to all of you. But yes, rate, review, subscribe, share this podcast. We appreciate all the help and support. And also check out the Soccer OG YouTube page under my name, Max Bretos. Well, 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 what a week. A lot to discuss. Very special guest today in the business end as I welcome in one of the best presenters anywhere. Andy Goldstein of TalkSport will join us. We'll talk about the difference between the U.S. and English presentation. And we'll ask him if the U.S. men's national team is registering over in the United Kingdom. In stoppage time, I will break down the disappointing result by the U.S. 1-1 versus Canada in Nashville. Let you know how much panic we should have in our heads as we head towards the Wednesday game against Honduras in beautiful San Pedro Sula. We appreciate you. Lots to get to. So let's get started. The Soccer OG starts right now. Yes, we are back. Well, well, well. Strange times for our sport. We thought last year was strange, and it was obviously stranger where we didn't have any games because of the pandemic. This year, we're still playing catch-up, and it is odd, and it's getting even stranger. So uh, we have a World Cup in 2022 that's in the wintertime. It feels like a blessing in disguise now because you have a little more time. But there's no international breaks. For players who aren't on international teams, they do have a break, but the others, and no one really turns down an international appearance. Thank goodness. It's very important still. And when that becomes less important, we have a problem. And hats off to the players that when they get a call up, they jump at the opportunity. Because think about it. You, you've you been nonstop. And then here comes this international break and you're getting called up. And let's take Lionel Messi for an example. Getting adjusted to his new club, jumps on a plane, goes down to South America and is made even more difficult because of this... Well, it really, really affect him, but certain players on the Argentine team that the Premier League wanted to block from going because of the quarantine that they would have to face on the way back. And players have to honor their club obligations because those are the teams that are paying them. That's where they make their living. That's the meat and potatoes, as I like to say. And then they get down there in this Argentina-Brazil game. And I'll talk about it with Andy Goldstein of TalkSport, who's going to be joining us here in the business end. Five minutes into this game, the health officials from Brazil come on. And it also comes back to Brazil saying, oh, well, if if these players from England are here, they have to face a two-week quarantine on arrival. I remember when I traveled to Brazil. And Brazil, you know, they they don't get pushed around. So the United States, when you wanted a visa and you came in from Brazil, you had to pay like 80 bucks for it. This was many years ago. When Brazil caught ear ear of that, they said, well, if you're coming to Brazil, you have to pay $80 or whatever it was. So, you know, it's tit for tat. You know, everyone wants tourism, but Brazil will puff their chest out, which is good for them. It may hurt their bottom line with tourism, but they're not going to be, they're not going to be given a bill of goods. They're going to come back at you. So a bizarre situation and the game was postponed and in this time where everything has to squeeze into these holes these these schedules it is going to cause havoc because you have to get all these players to come back it's just an i'm amazed it hasn't been more complicated it's certainly in south america where 
somehow, and South America got hit really hard by COVID, and they got hit later, so they couldn't really adjust. They don't really have the vaccine rollout, but they were able to get their leagues in. They were able to get the Libertadores and Copa Sudamericana in. They were able to get the Copa America in. I still think they shouldn't have had the Copa America. I think that would have been a great opportunity to say, okay, get this tournament off the board. We're glad they had it because Lionel Messi was able to get off the schneid. But that was a time for catch up, fill in these World Cup qualifiers. I'm just amazed we haven't hit more hurdles. But here we are. And I think we're going to still hit some because it's there's no margin for error to get this schedule in. It's just one of these crazy things. What about Guinea and Morocco? There was a coup d'etat in Guinea, and the Moroccan national team was there, and they had to evacuate. This World Cup feels kind of cursed. It's going to happen, and when it happens, it's going to be great. But everything about it is like, how important is it? How important is sport? I think sport is very important. It was kind of a bit of a hypothetical People always say we have to prioritize this and this, but sport is very important in the big picture of thing. It gives people hope. It makes lets you know the schedule's still on. And I it's, I think it's a, a last-ditch thing when you want to cancel all of these sporting events. Even though many people think it's small and flippant, it isn't. We'll talk about the U.S. team in, in a bit. It, it's, it's very rough, and you go on social media and I hate to always I, when I say social media it's because I also go there as many of you do to get articles and it's a great information source so you can get it and get directed to the right place it's a launching spot and you go there and you know it's pretty dire what everything's is saying I, 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 I'm not caught off guard by what happened here I always knew a young team was going to be challenged but it has to be a little better and now these teams kind of know how to play them so as I was, I'll say a little bit later, for the first time in two years, a, a thought went into my head that maybe the U.S. doesn't qualify for the World Cup. It's scary because this CONCACAF is, there's not much separating these, these eight teams. It's not tiered as much as we would have thought. So we'll get into that. It was a Sunday I, I dedicated. I went, went to the beach early with the family, and then I was like, I'm going to watch the uh, USA-Canada game. I was going to watch my Florida State football team play Notre Dame. I went 0 for 2 on Sunday, although Florida State, very brave in defeat, coming from behind. Bobby Bowden, a beautiful tribute to one of the greats in the coaching ranks. I met Bobby Bowden once, could not, everyone said he was a great guy, and it exceeded expectations. So he really is the patriarch of that program. He'll be missed. I'm going a little bit off here, but college college football had all these fans back. It was awesome to see. And I know every time you see a big crowd, you go, oh, spreader, super spreader. Might be the case, but we can't really go back to lockdown. So we got to sit there and just take it for what it is and enjoy it without being too, you know, critical. You can be critical, but, you know, it just, it, it doesn't do us any good to go, oh my God, what are these people all doing together? Anyhow, I'm not going to take too much more time here. Business in with Andy Goldstein. Stoppage time with the U.S. men's national team. Let's go. We are back here. It's time for the business end. Very special guest. You know, uh, talk sport. We hear it here in the United States a fair bit. You can hear it on Sirius XM. It is dubbed the world's biggest sports radio station. And I have one of their biggest presenters. No, it's not Darren Bent. 
A lot of people are probably hoping for Darren. We get. I've been listening to his show every morning. It's Andy Goldstein right there with Darren Bent. I don't think you can afford Darren Bent. He's about eight times my fee. Really? So if so I reached, if me. I reached out to him, would you be on my little podcast? You would probably just laugh me out of the room. Uh, he wouldn't know you are, Max, if I'm being honest. The only reason <laughs> I've come on is because we, we go back years. Otherwise, I would have just batted I've, this one away. Totally. I've taken advantage of that relationship. By the way, Darren, I, I was hearing him this morning. So on my drive to the beach where I go for a run, I put on my Sirius XM and Darren Bent's there. And he has a very a wonderful speaking voice. I love Bente, you know, I've um, because I do the drive time show now and he's sort of my Thursday and Friday husband on on that show. And before we started it, I hadn't worked with him at all. And we just hit it off instantly. I mean, A, he's got all the credentials, you know, he's played for all the top clubs and he's played for England. So he knows what it's like to play under various managers and he knows what it's like to be in a dressing room with with players like David Beckham, etc. And he's just great. He's just great. What he does, he's like a he's like a bigger brother to me because he. Um, brings um, sweets in, which I don't want to eat because they're fattening. He, Wait, what sweet? Sweets like um, oh, okay. All right. Did um, you get? Did you have Haribo or Haribo sweets over? Here? Yes. Okay. So I, he I'm a big about fan of the Star them. Mix, where they have the little, they have everything in one bag. That's okay. So he he brings about ten of them in, and uh, I start off by going, "I'm not having them. I'm not having them." And then by the end, he's had about three sweets, and I've had about eight packets. And it's frustrating. I've never looked at the back of that bag. Is it a lot of sugar or is it like less than, say, a Kit Kat or more? Oh, I, I probably consume about 6,000 calories during the show, which is why I have to go out for five mile runs every morning. Otherwise, I look like um, Veruca Salt at the end of um, Willy Wonka. I think, was it Veruca Salt that went like big round purple? Was that her? Like a no, no, Veruca Salt was the spoiled brat, I believe, who okay, said she so wanted the golden goose. Violet Beauregard, I'm thinking. Violet Beauregard. Mike TV. Is that right? Yeah, Mike TV, yeah. Did you, and, uh, what did you think of the uh, remake of Willy Wonka? Or it was Charlie... Was it Willy Wonka was with Gene Wilder and the Charlie and the Cho- Chocolate Factory was Johnny Depp? What did you think of the remake? Or did you watch I, it? You know, I, didn't, I didn't watch it because I love the Gene Wilder mo- movie so much. And when I do remakes, usually they don't work. I get why they make them. They're for like the new generation. Because my kids, my kids are... 13 and 10, and if I tried to sit down in front of a TV to watch the, the Gene Wilder version, I don't think they'd, they'd take to it too kindly, but I, I like the original. I like the original one. As, as do I, but I did watch it. I don't know, it's on TV. It's okay. It doesn't touch the original, but the one thing, the Oompa Loompas, they had one actor, and they just CGI'd it, so they had a thousand Oompa Loompas, but it was the same guy, and I appreciate the work that was put in where they had a hundred Oompa Loompas, yeah. In the original, they all had to hit their dance marks. They all had to sing their songs. Yeah, can you imagine if you went for the audition for an Oompa Loompa, and you got turned down for it? <laughs> like, how would you feel then? Well, I'm I'm the right height, and why can't I get the job? Well, we'll 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 call you. <laughs> Great story to tell to your grandkids when that movie's on. I go, you know, I almost got that job, but I was turned down. I wasn't well, Oompa Loompa enough. I would have been the 101st Oompa Loompa if only someone would have come down with If only they had COVID back then and someone would have come down with it, I would have got in. I, I ask myself that question all the time. What if COVID happened in the 1960s or the 1980s? How would have our lives changed? But it happened now. So yeah. here we are. I mean, that's, quite, that's quite deep. I don't really know how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. This is an audio-only podcast, but I can see you. You're wearing a Canada hat. But I asked yeah. you beforehand and you said I wasn't really aware of it. It's a fashion hat, which I mean, it's like a it's some 
it's mode it's it's all the rage but usa played canada in a world cup qualifier a few hours ago we tied 1-1 everyone's going crazy everyone's saying the usa is going to miss another world cup i just want to ask you when you do your drive time show for talk sport yeah is that is usa canada in the a block is it the first thing you talk about or is it like five minutes deep after the england score or where does it fall Okay, so firstly, with the Canada hat, right? I didn't even know it was a Canada hat. I paid an obscene amount of money for this cat, this hat. It's very stylish. Thank you. And it's got a swear word on it. Can you see it? It begins with F. I won't say it. Can you see it? Yes, I see it. All right. Blank all but the flag. Yeah, again, I should have thought about what I was going to, my attire before I did a a podcast with my American friend. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah. We're trying to blur the lines between America and England. That's what. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I know we're all talking the same language. Just kind of, yeah, we always have to find that common ground. To, to all your listeners, I much prefer America over Canada, unless, of course, you're Canadian, and then I much prefer the Canadians to Americans. So uh, there's no allegiance whatsoever. Very profound, and we have some Canadian listeners. Canadians are all excited because their 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 football slash soccer team is doing well. They have Alfonso Davies, who is the best player in our region. So uh, they're, they're, you know, hockey is number one there, but maybe this sport's closing the gap. So you're going to get a lot of compliments because of that hat. Okay. Well, that's nice. In answer to your question about when they met and, and you said tied 1-1, we would say draw, they drew 1-1. But um, I, if you want my honest answer, I didn't even know the game was happening. I couldn't care. I don't, I don't really... <laughs> You were all locked in for England and Dora, the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a, well. Listen, I I looked at the team and I was like, okay, so Southgate. I was never a big fan of Southgate ever, and then he got us to the final of um of the Euros, and I was like, Do you know what? How can I possibly poo poo anyone that gets us to our first final? Since yeah, you'll sound like a jerk. Yeah, so now I mean, people still phone up and say that, you know, but now I I, I trust him so much, you know. Whenever he picks a team like the team he picked. For the Andorra game, you know, I think I was close to getting a call to start in that one because there were so many changes made. But, um, you know, we won 4 0, we played all right. Um, there are a few things that I would have done differently. You know, uh, I would have definitely included Mason Greenwood in the squad and started him because I think someone like him will be playing a huge part for England in the World Cup in 18 months' time. So well, it's an interesting discussion because uh, where does Eng- so England had a second squad and, you know, Guys like Jesse Lingard were in who played well, who doesn't have a club, so who knows where where he where he stands in the big picture. And then you had Patrick Bamford. So is Patrick Bamford the number two behind Harry Kane? And they made a big deal because they pulled him out and they said, We need goals. We're up one zip. We need goals. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the first teamers like Grealish and Kane in there. So we we don't have any uh entanglements with Andorra. And if I, I kind of felt bad for Bamford, but is he the number two? You know, Michael Antonio is not playing for Jamaica as a West Ham yeah. supporter. I always said, why didn't Gareth Southgate reach out to him and say, maybe there's a spot for you here? Well, I, th- I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin is probably second behind Harry Kane. Um, my, my only guess is as to why Mason Greenwood's not playing is because he had he he was a bit of a, a bad boy um, and he got sent home. I won't go into it. I'm sure we all know why. But, um, you know, Jack Grealish was also in the same scenario, similar scenario, and he's playing for England. So I, I just I just hope he's not been overlooked because I think Mason Greenwood is one of the most naturally gifted footballers I've ever seen. I think he, he could, even though George Best came out of the United Academy, I think Patrick, um, 
I think um, Mason Greenwood could easily go on to be one of the, the greatest players to come out of that academy. I know it's early days yet, but from what I understand, I, I only saw bits and pieces of him in the youth team at United, and obviously I've seen him in the first team, but he can he can strike a ball with his left or right foot. It makes no difference to him. He can take penalties and free kicks with either foot. You, I mean, you just can't buy that. He, I think he's like a freak of nature, and he's he's so calm under pressure. I think he's the third highest scoring um, teenager in the Premier League as well. Third um, highest scoring teenager. Yeah, as in the amount of goals he's got so far while he's still a teenager. Oh, um, all time, not just this current all season. Time. Yeah, so so I think Rooney and then Michael Owen, I think, are the ones above him. I'm sure your listeners will correct me if I'm wrong, but he's on the list. Is my point, and he's. Um, I think he's he's just a phenomenal talent. So I he'll I think he'll definitely be in the England squad and go to the World Cup. But as to why he didn't play yesterday, I don't really know. So two things, very quickly. When I, in my athletic days, which weren't obviously anything that profound, I was right-footed. I try to use both feet, so I started doing everything with my left foot. Lo and behold, could not use my right foot all of a sudden, and it happened very quickly. Wow. So using both feet is very difficult, and what, something maybe- to be admired. Maybe they should do um, to you what they did with Rocky. I think in Rocky Two, where they tied up his right hand. Do you remember his right arm? Yes. So he was just punching. Maybe they should have tied up your right foot. I don't know what two. You got a crap lightning, Rocky. <laughs> That's not bad Bye-bye. at all. Is it? Is that? Is that? Um, is that his wife? Is that Rocky's wife? No, that was Burgess Adrian. Meredith. That was oh, uh, the trainer. trainer. Okay, fine. Mickey was it? Mickey? God, come that on, Rocky, was... win. Yeah. You... Get, you know, get the chicken, here's Rocky. Here, <laughs> here's a question for you, right? And not a lot of people realise this. You know at the end of Rocky 1, where um, it all goes slow-mo and Rocky punches Apollo, and they, they both fall on the floor, right? And the referee in slow motion counts them, right? And Rocky yeah. manages to climb to the ropes. Split second before Apollo. Yeah, I think it's, Rocky, I think it's the end of Rocky 2, actually, because that's what makes Rocky the champion, right? Correct, and, Rocky 2. And, and the referee's counting both of them. Right. Well, if you go by Queensbury rules of boxing without sounding pedantic, you can't count a boxer out if he slips. Who slipped? Rocky? Rocky. So Rocky punched him and then they both fell on the floor. Right. So Rocky was never going to be counted out ever. But if Rocky slipped, why was he on the ground for eight seconds? Because the force of the punch, you know, bang, he's taking Apollo's <laughs> face off. But but not a lot of people say that not a lot of people realize that at the end of Rocky. He could have, they could have both lay on the floor and Rocky would have been the champion because he threw the punch. But in the movie, they had to, he had to get up. Movies with sports, there's always these uh, discrepancies that drive me bananas. And that's why I'm not, a, I think I spoke to you about this. We're not huge fans of sport movies because they, they don't get it right. And it drives me crazy. Oh, by the way, do you have Ted Lasso over there? Uh, sadly, yes. <laughs> I, I enjoy the show, but the soccer, the, the football action scenes are way off base. And it yeah, feel try, it doesn't feel that grand. I try to, well, I've got such a short attention span. That if something doesn't grab me in the first 10 minutes, that I'm done. Which, by the way, I think we're coming up to 10 minutes now. So if, <laughs> if the rest of this podcast is blank, you'll know why. Right. But, um, well, a couple of things. First of all, Mason Greenwood, I believe, has a Jamaican parent. So... Like Michael Antonio, England should be prompt in cap tying him. So just putting that out there, as as highly as you think of him, that's food for thought. Don't worry about Mason Greenwood. He'll 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 be playing for England in the World Cup. Good. By the way, I'm a big believer that the World Cup, the final is going to be Italy and England again. Mark it. 
market. I don't know how the groups how, are, but I think it's going to be how, England and Italy again. How can you come up with that? Like, isn't that so crazy? Yeah. I just like to throw it out there, and I'm right once in a while, and I'll just take all the credit. But uh, right, I'll I'll make a statement as well, okay? Yes. And that is that Canada and America won't be in the final. <laughs> is that okay? I bet mine's closer to yours. People are gripping over here. I don't understand it. I don't. We we started a World Cup qualifying with a draw in El Salvador and a draw at home against Canada, and people are losing it. So I don't know what to say. Uh, England doing better, and I wanted to ask you about. Gary Lineker said, because they played Andorra. Andorra is very small. There's a lot of countries in Europe that are very small. Faroe Islands, San Marino, and they all go through the World Cup qualifying process. So Lineker said teams like Andorra should have to earn the right to play the likes of the big, the big clubs like England or Italy or France. Uh, Ildefins, I know I'm butchering his name. Ildefins Lima, who has 130 caps for Andorra, said Lineker lucky that he wasn't born in England. I guess saying that like if he was not born in England, he probably wouldn't have made a World Cup. If he was from Andorra, for instance, should yeah. uh, these countries go through a process in our region in CONCACAF? It does happen that way. The smaller countries in the Caribbean and Central America play to make the final qualifying stage. Do they do that in Europe. Um, you have in, in European competitions there, like the, the Champions League or the Europa League, you have, you know, the, the much smaller football clubs. Um it, it all depends. I mean, it, it's all about money. Let's not kid ourselves. It's of all course. about money. The, the more games, the more money it generates, the bigger interest, the easier it is to spread the word, et cetera. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't, you, I don't think you've got as much chance now as an upset as you had maybe 20 years ago. Andorra beating England yesterday was never, ever, ever going to happen. But, you know, back in the day, there were a few upsets, I suppose. But um, I don't have a problem with it. it for, from our point of view, it gives, uh, English players like Patrick Bamford the chance to represent their country, get a bit of experience. I mean, we had uh, um, quite a few players that that are either incredibly inexperienced or have very few caps, and I think that only benefits the national side when we go into major tournaments or even play a bigger side. You know, um, I, I can't, I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. I think it's fine. That's a good point. I mean, you get these guys a game, but I, I was watching it this morning here in the United States in Los Angeles, very early. And it was one, and I, as I brought up, it was one zero. By the way, I know you corrected me before with the English terms. I'm trying to get away from it because I, I know, but I'm trying to get away from it so that our American audience could feel a little more comfortable. Well, maybe they should learn. Maybe it's an education for your American audience. Maybe they should know it's one nil. Okay, but what? So obviously, England created the game, and there's yeah. a lot of expressions. I, I'm a believer in like kind of making it comfortable. So there's some expressions I'm trying to take away from the okay. vernacular, like nil, pitch. I call it a field. Is this is this sacrilege? But what? But what? But here's the question, right? Why would you change it if it's the terminology you use for that sport? Well, in other countries, they change it in different languages. Obviously, I just America. I think Max, Amer Max, but we invented it. Over I <laughs> but right? we have Dallas. to. We have to sever the ties. It? We have to sever the ties at some point. What's wrong with pitch? Why can't you say football pitch? Well, in the United States, when everyone says pitch, they go, uh, people who are not very familiar with the sport always do this. So what happened today on the pitch in uh, the Premier League? And it's like said like a badge of courage, and it's just very weird. So I, I, I think we have to make it more comfortable for an American audience because I feel they're being trapped by the English vernacular okay. a little bit well, because they say it in a weird way. In your sentence, you gave an example. You said 
premiere. How do you say premiere? Prem, premiere. Premier, premiere. Premiere. No, you premiere. You like, did you I? I, I would normally say premiere. Yeah. Premiere. So, so it's premiere. Premiere. <laughs> when you go to a oh, film, when you go to a film premiere, are you going to a film premiere? See, now the word premiere doesn't even sound like a word, does it? No. You make a great point, but now at the end of this, at the end of this conversation, I'm going to have a full English accent. Okay. So anyway, it's uh it's very, it's very profound. I don't get caught up in that too much, but it is, it's, it's there, but our presentation of our sport is very weird. One day we will have a Canada USA semifinal in the world cup. It won't happen that soon, but I'm looking forward to it. And I'm curious I, to see how we present it. Only on the PlayStation. That's going to happen much. You know that. <laughs> But here's the thing, right? If I was watching American football, right, and then I started using all the wrong terminology, I would sound wrong, wouldn't I? Yeah. But so, so if you I'm guys really, because football, soccer is a much bigger sport worldwide than American football. Yeah. It, American football is always going to be very niche in places, so you kind of have to do that. It's still very new. But the United States, maybe they, maybe they kind of create their own game. Like the English influence is always going to be there, even in South America. The word football, it's just football spelled differently. Argentina has teams like Boca Juniors and River Plate or Newell's Old Boys. They all have that English influence, and that's very important because the history is there. But they still have they have their own expressions with all of this. Okay, well, you know, usually at this stage we say let's agree to disagree. <laughs> Let's let's agree that I'm right and you're wrong. And then okay, I know I, I, it's an uphill battle for me all the time. <laughs> By the way, talk sport is here a lot. I wanted to ask you this before I forget. And when they when it gets a lot of traction, when uh, and you were on one of the clips, you had like Sean Wright Phillips and Danny Mills who are analysts there. Yeah, and this is the the one time where talk sport gets huge traction on social media when they talk about like Rafael Varane was coming to the Premier League, and they would say. He's probably <laughs> he's probably not going to do well because the Premier League is a different a different kettle of fish than the than La Liga or Serie A, and people here get all bent out of shape. Do you do you have those conversations with with the pundits or the analysts there and kind of gauge? Is there a? Uh, I mean, is, it gets lost in translation. With are we all watching the world game? Is it? Are we giving other leagues this? In, in the Premier League is the biggest league in the world. But are we giving these other leagues the same leverage or the same putting them on the same pedestal? I, th I think so. Yeah, I think. Listen, that's why we love sport. That's why we love football, soccer. Call it what you want, because everyone has their own opinion. Um, I think what you're referring to was 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 um, was Jamie O'Hara saying that Varane he, he's not going to cut mustard. That, that, is that a, is that a saying in America as well? No, that hasn't oh, got here. Nil has, pitch has, mustard has not. What is mustard? Uh... Cut cut the mustard. Like he's up to snuff? Up to what? What does that mean? <laughs> like up to snuff. <laughs> up to snuff. Like he's like he's keeping up with the Joneses. Have you heard that one? Yeah, I've got, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. So like he's, cut the mustard. Cut the mustard is like if you're if if you if will it cut the mustard? That means will it do something that it should be doing? Because cutting mustard would be really easy. I'd no idea why the word custard juice. I mean, could we cut the butter? Although you've got a hot knife through butter, so that one's. <laughs> taken care of but mustard is uh pretty prevalent in everything english you know what mustard is don't you? yes i have actually i have coleman's mustard which i absolutely adore in my fridge okay. i love that's it that's called it's english the best. mustard 
English, English mustard. mustard, spicy, very pungent. I love it. Yeah. When I got when I got um when I got COVID last March, I lost my smell and taste for about ten days. And one of the things I did to test whether or not my taste buds had come back was I just ate mustard and I couldn't I couldn't taste it. I did the same thing. I had COVID like a month and a half ago, and I was smelling oh, horseradish you? sauce, and it finally broke through. It broke oh, wow. through the lack of smell and taste. It, do you know what? I didn't realize how important smell and taste is. I remember I had, I had a sandwich, a sausage sandwich, and my wife said, what do you want on it? And I said, you can put whatever you want on it because I can't taste it. <laughs> and we put mint sauce on it, mustard, vinegar, just, just as a test. Um, we put um, soy sauce, We put just everything. Just And when I bit into it, it just felt like I was eating cardboard. It was incredible. The one, the one thing that kind of came through, and it was uh, the process of like your brain trying to figure out what's happening with your sense of taste and smell was really fascinating for me. And the one time I had have like a piece of gum that was very minty, you could yeah. feel the brain kind of making the connection. Not quite, but you could almost, and then the brain would kind of mimic what things would taste and smell like to a small degree is what I discovered, which was very, I, so I enjoyed the process of going through that. Oh, wow. See, I, I got to a stage where I was making tea, English tea. Okay, you have you have English tea, don't you? Not iced tea, English tea. No, English. We, uh, okay. You've got to come over here, Andy, because we have English everything here. People oh, love fine. England here. That's why I want to talk to you because you're you, one day you're going to come here and they're going to carry you on their shoulders know, because that, they, they love worry. England. That's my worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I, made, I was making English tea. So it's like, you know, hot water, tea bag and milk. And I was making that while I had no taste of smell. And I was thinking, why don't I just have hot water? Because the rest of it's immaterial. I can't taste it. It's irrelevant. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. Hard-boiled eggs, bananas, tasteless food, low fat. Make the most out of this COVID thing. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. You must I, be fun I, to go out with. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for Max, what are you having? Uh, jo- hey, I'm just oh. going to have some, uh, some egg. Oh. <laughs> What are you going to have? I'm going to have the ribeye. I'll take the asparagus spears and uh, the scalloped potatoes. What are you, hard-boiled eggs and a banana if you could? You got it back there. Thank you. And what about your, your English mate, Andy? Uh, I'll just have a, a cardboard sandwich, please, with everything on it. <laughs> what did you put? Mint? Mint sauce? No mint sauce. Mint sauce. Mint sauce. Do you know what mint sauce is? Uh, it's like a, like a, is it a jam? Mm. Mm. It's like a chutney. Yeah, it's that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you I'll tell you a funny story, right? Not to do with mint sauce, but things to do with we were talking about, you know, what you can eat and what you can't eat, right? This has nothing to do with anything, but it just popped in my head, so I thought I'd share it with your wonderful audience. So I used to say, I used to say I was allergic to cheese, right? And the reason why I like cheese now, and it's only in the last year that I like cheese. Okay. Like or love? Say, You're okay or do you crave it? I don't crave it, but I, if if I go out for dinner and, and you've had your eggs, right? I will then ask for the cheese board, right? So, which I'd never done for my whole life. But I just, I just didn't like cheese. Didn't like the smell. Didn't like. So, rather than say I don't like cheese, I'd say I'm allergic to it. And the reason for that was, if I said I didn't like it, people go, "Have you tried Stilton? Have you tried Edam? Have you?" And they'd rattle off forty cheeses, and I go, "I just don't. I just don't like cheese. And it's boring." So I just say I'm allergic, and people go, "Okay." So when I went, when I went to my my now in-laws house, but I went for the first time. So I was just started dating my now wife. And my mother-in-law said, I'm going to make dinner tonight. Are you okay with everything? And I went, I can't have cheese. And she went, why? And I went, I'm allergic to it. And she went, what happens? And I said, I, 
my throat swells up. It's like really bad. I could die. Right. I just went over the top. And she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's not nice. And then half, I didn't know this at the time, but I found this out in the car ride home. Halfway through the meal, apparently my mother-in-law nudged my now wife and said, he's not allergic to cheese. Oh, and wow. Busted. Said, and she, she said, how do you know? And then my mother-in-law said, I put cheese in that to test him. Well, you know, you know, your your big mistake was saying allergic to cheese, because normally you would say I'm allergic to dairy, right? You'd be allergic to all dairy products. Are you you saying I didn't think through my lie? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I think your your mother-in-law kind of caught you goes, why would he say cheese and not dairy? Think about that. That's a very good point. All right. So you said, hold on. Are you suggesting that no one in the world is allergic to cheese, but can have milk? Yeah, I think so. Isn't well. I don't want to, I don't, I'm, I'm not an expert, but I've never so heard being allergic now. to cheese, but you can have yogurt and milk. So I Google it now. Can you Do it. be allergic? That's not an easy word to spell. Allergic. Two to, L's. Think, to cheese. Here we go. Uh, allergy to cheese is usually related to, usually, there's the keyword, oh. to an allergy to milk. So usually, so that means if it's usually, that means you can actually. There's a little, little, little wiggle room. Yeah. So yet again, I was right and you were wrong, Max. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we had a conversation about cheese in Canada. I want to, I know you're a big United fan, Manchester United. So when games come back here, September 11th, Saturday, Manchester United, Newcastle United with Ronaldo, we assume. How excited are you about that? This is, I bring it up because I saw the messy thing at PSG. I don't think the PSG thing is going to work with their goals, which is to win the whole Champions League, they're not going to win it. But Manchester United with Ronaldo, I think, I think it, might, I, it might help them in the big picture. There's a lot of attacking options. A lot of guys are going to be upset because they don't get playing time. Playing time. But I think Ronaldo might, in, at the time of his career, might be able to be a, a glue player, bring it all together. Although it's going to be hard to bench him, but they're going to have to at some point. Well, I'm... Um... I'm very lucky, Max, that I work for, for Manchester United. They've got a TV channel called MUTV. And um, there's about three presenters they use, and we each do alternate weeks. And as soon as I... Wait, you, you out, work for MUTV as well? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You've got a lot on your plate. I know, I know. That's why I can afford hats like this, honestly. <laughs> so as soon as, as soon as I found out that um, he, was, he was signing for us, and by the way, I found... Okay, so going back to it. So we were doing shows on air that the city were going to get Ronaldo, and I just I just couldn't believe it. I was like, it's not going to. There's no way Ronaldo's going to go to City. It just won't happen. He loves Ferguson. He loves United. It just will not happen. And and the bookies, the 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 you know, do you call them bookies? That yeah, you do. Yeah. Of course you do. They were saying it, it was like odds on to join United. Just odds on to join City went like to thirteen to eight. It was crazy. And I was adamant. I was like, he's not going to join anyway. On the morning of, on the morning. Of what turned out to be the day that U turn happened and Ronaldo went to United. Early on in that morning, someone high up at United, I can't say anymore, texts me saying he's coming to United, right? Before, and I'm because it wasn't even, we heard it here, it wasn't even on the radar. It was city, 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 or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I then text my producer and I said, I'm telling you now, Ronaldo will sign for United today. And he was like, how do you know? And I was like, I can't tell you. So he said, well, that's what we'll do today's show on. I was like, no, we can't even talk about it. 
I've, I've given this person my word. So you couldn't come I on the air and say he's signing. I have a feeler that he might go it. with Manchester United. I couldn't say it. I, oh, that's got to be frustrating. I put out a cryptic tweet, which was something like, <laughs> all these people are saying he's going to City. I, I'd be stunned if United weren't coming in for him. I think I put something like that. Just because I wanted, I just wanted people to go, I think he knows something that fella. Um, you could have also sent a tweet. You could have also sent a tweet said, if I was... If I was Manchester United, I'd get Alex Ferguson to call Cristiano Ronaldo right now yeah. well, and see if he'll change his mind. He can't go I to City. Know, I didn't know Fergie had such an Well, I, of course, I knew I had an influence, but I didn't know that was the reason. But Do you think that so was got, the, the main reason? Yeah, well, I think Ronaldo said this one's for you, didn't he? To, wow. To Sir Alex. And I think his, his relationship with Bruno Fernandes probably helped. And Rio Ferdinand said he spoke to him on the phone. And and he's got a relationship with Solskjaer. I think everything, everything really helped, you know. But he, I... I my personal view is from what I understand, he was never ever going to City anyway. I think the whole thing was was done to to get United to come in for him. But anyway, so um, so as soon as I found that information out, I then text my producer at MUTV and working out the dates because we had an international break and working out the dates of when our next home game will be, which is of course this coming Saturday against Newcastle. I text my producer and I went, um. I'd really like to do this Saturday or next Saturday. Actually, we're home to Newcastle. <laughs> she just put, "I wonder why." <laughs> but um, but anyway, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So the way it works is we um we we're on the pitch for an hour before. So when the players are warming up, they're behind me, and I'm even though I'm a grown man and the people behind me are young enough to be my children, I still feel like a kid that's won a competition when I'm standing on the pitch at Old Trafford and I see my heroes warming up behind. Me. It's really bizarre because I'm a grown man. And, and, you know, they're, they're just normal people, but you still are. But when Ronaldo comes out next Saturday. You're going to lose then, it. I just, I just, I think, I think it's the biggest for who he is. And for the fact he's going back to United. I think it's the biggest transfer the Premier League has ever seen. Wow. For, every, for everything that's, that it incorporates. I just think it's gigantic. So when he comes out, I mean, the raw that that place will give off when he comes on the pitch just to warm up before the game. And then I don't, I don't think he'll start. I would start him because he's fit as a fiddle. He's probably fitter than the majority of players in the Premier League anyway. But either way, you know, when he comes onto the pitch, he's just a friend, a friend of mine texted me last week, said, can you get me tickets for the Newcastle game? And I just replied with laughing emojis. <laughs> like, are you like, there's no yeah. way. <laughs> Check your email. Me. They're there. A couple of tickets. Yeah, in the box, got, right next to. You didn't, say, you didn't say how many you wanted, but I've got you ten. <laughs> Is that all right? <laughs> Never going to happen. Where do you think he's going to play? Is he going to be at the at the nine? A little uh, bit wide. What, do you know? You mean the position nine? Obviously yeah, he's got the shirt number seven. Um, not the shirt number, th- just the position. No, no, no. I think I think he has to play down the middle. Um, we've got Jaden Sancho on the right, so he, you know, and you paid seventy four million for him, so I don't think. He'll take up that position. Um, Mason Greenwood's absolutely flying. So what do you do with him? Uh, you know, Rashford's not back yet fit from his operation. Martial is just not happening for him. My front three would be Greenwood on the left, Sancho on the right, and Ronaldo down the middle. I mean, how frightening does that sound? It, but it's crazy. You didn't even mention Cavani. He won't get on the field. He cannot get on the field. There's no way. No, right? No, it, it, it'll be a but what a great. I mean, you know, it's a squad game. There's so many matches. You've got League Cup, sure. FA Cup, Champions League, and. 38 games in the Premier League. What a, what a great player to have on a bench. If you're 1-0 down with five minutes to go, or 10 or whatever, 20 minutes to go, you look around and you can bring Cavani on. What a fantastic option that is. 
Absolutely. And there's going to be those moments. I, I think it's great for him and his legacy is intact because he's going to United. It would have been it would have been dented if he went to City. Uh, I'm super pumped to see it. And uh, it's uh, it's as you said, it's going to blow things up in the Premier League so much because you have City and Chelsea now this Manchester United revival with all these signings they've had. It's a very, ex- very exciting time for that league. I'll tell you what did make me laugh is uh, Dan James. I'm a big fan of. We sold him to Leeds recently. For I think twenty three million rising to thirty, and there was a, I'm guessing it was a joke went around on social media saying the only reason we sold Dan James was to free up his shirt number of twenty one, so Cavani who wears twenty one for Uruguay Cavani can have that shirt number, so he can give up the seven so Ronaldo can have so the only reason we sold Dan James was so Ronaldo get the jersey number. <laughs> that's messed that's up. That's messed up. But it's probably true. Yeah, Andy. I don't know. Are you guys going to talk about this Brazil-Argentina situation? Because the Premier League is attached to it because it's it's crazy because the Premier League said these players can't go. And then the, I guess these Brazilian authorities came back and said, well, if they come down here, they've got, it was almost like tit for tat. They said, you, you have to do a 14 day quarantine. And yeah. then the game started. It went, it, it's I'm, the whole, all the qualifying has been really strange. And it wor- I get worried because I'm amazed that we got all these games in, in this area, this pandemic era, but they, they found just enough days to put the summer tournaments and now these World Cup qualifiers and obviously the league games. But everyone's not on the same page and it worries me. Yeah, it, I, I did. I mean, I was stunned that the game was allowed to start. I don't understand why these checks weren't done. You know, 15 minutes before, there's a knock at the dressing room. Right, uh, Chelsea, can you come here a sec, please? Because we, we, we're meant to see you at the airport, but yeah. I don't know what happened. You know, I that had to be done by design, to... right? I mean, that had, there's no way they just wait, sit on it and all of a sudden wait for a game to start and go, hey, all right, we have to have a chit-chat. Yeah, and they ran on with them. I mean, it's all very... I don't really understand. I don't really understand how the COVID scenario does or doesn't affect footballers so for open sake there are there are there are some arsenal players i think ubamiang and lacazette i think it's them one of them definitely had covid so they couldn't play but all their teammates who they've been training with all week did play i, I don't i don't you know like if i if i get covid right just my wife i don't think she can go to work can she no so no, i had a, had my son and my wife had to kind of basically quarantine right. with me Right, but if I'm a footballer and and my wife is Lacazette, which would be weird, yeah, right? This is weird. <laughs> I'd be I'd be Mr. Lacazette, right? Oh, you've if, got my attention, right? If that was the case, I'd be allowed to go to work, wouldn't I? If my work was football, basically, with what we've seen here, yes, it would. Yeah, I don't I don't really know that that. Well, sorry, I'm just trying to think how happy. It was I'd a be great example you Lacazette. used. It was yeah. a great example. I think if out of the two, if it was Lacazette and Ubamiang, I think I'd probably marry Lacazette. I think I, I think Ubamiang's got two, he's got wild ways, and I don't like his hair, and I'd constantly be moaning at his hair. Ubamiang, I think I think he'd be a great husband. Yeah, it's a. I mean, this is you get married for life, so this is a big decision. <laughs> so you've yeah. got to vet if it very gonna, quickly. If I was going to party, it would be with Ubamiang. Like Lacazette would go, yes. like, "Where have you been?" And I go, "I've been." It's three in the morning. Andy, yeah. that's not what and Lacazette go, would sound like, obviously. But and I go, Lacazette, will you stop moaning? I've just been out with a Bamiang, we've been partying. 
that's that's the problem. I think I think your your instincts are spot on, Andy. Absolute pleasure. If, if there's anyone in talk sport I'd like to talk to, it's Darren Bent. But number two, without question, is you. That. But I can't get Darren Bent. So there you go. <laughs> well, listen, uh, the fee that you've promised me is so huge. I, I could easily split it with Bentley and still buy a packet of Haribo sweets. So happy. I know. And, and the dollar exchange rate with pound ain't great right now. So I got to. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's a bigger hit than you would imagine. You're paying in Bitcoin, though, still, right? <laughs> Are you investing in Bitcoin? Uh, I, I, there's a possibility that, you know, people might be listening to this. So, uh, I'll plead the fifth. Okay. Ethereum, Ethereum's on the rise, I know, but you may be too late. Yeah. Go buy and- gold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to get my portfolio down. I buy gold. Yeah. Andy, I appreciate you. Uh, you're looking wonderful. Best of luck with the new show, the drive time with uh, talk sport and we'll, we'll chat soon. I hope. Your listen to all your listeners, especially the ones from Canada and America. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> we're trying to branch out. You know, Andy can open up our UK audience, so we're hoping for that. <laughs> Andy Goldstein of Talk Sport here in the business. We'll be back in stoppage time to discuss the USA Canada game from Sunday. This is a soccer OG. Time now for stoppage time. I didn't want to say with him on the air, but. Andy, I think he would be an absolute hit here in the United States. So that's why I do this. Initially, when I did the podcast, I had him in mind as a partner. We had a different concept, but uh, uh, he's just a wonderful guy to talk to. It's great listener, rolls with the punches, levity, which is important. You know, we need that. We need to have fun when we talk about these sports. Everyone else is having a fun except for the people talking about it. Let's have fun. It's an escape. And Andy has mastered it, so I'm a huge fan. So I'm very glad. And he's a, a good friend, and I'm going to stay at his house when I, I, I go to London next time. I'll, and I'll ask for Manchester United tickets. All right, let's, let's get into the U.S.-Canada game. Over on my YouTube page under Max Bretos, I'll have a full, it's already up there, a full breakdown of the game. I just want to add a few little comments about uh, what we saw and just looking at the reaction. And people are very hot. They're upset about not being able to break down Canada, dropping points at home in uh, CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, which we, we, as I said here last last week, it's win at home, draw away. But you can't always win at home, and you can't always draw away. So you have to piece things together. So big picture, before we get into the performance, whatever happens with the results for the U.S. against Honduras on Wednesday, the next three games against... Jamaica, uh, the next, well, let's take a look at that. It's Jamaica, USA, Jamaica, October 7th, Panama, USA, Panama City, October 10th, USA, Costa Rica, October 13th. Whatever happens with the U.S., if they drop points in those next four games even, they're not going to be, World Cup qualif- World Cup hopes will not be diminished. They'll still be in it. Nobody is running away. Mexico's two wins out of two by the skin of their teeth. I think they'll be brought down to earth in some games as well. Although they won in Costa Rica. That's a huge achievement. I can't say that this U.S. team is going to go out and win these games. Because as I was afraid of, this young team is hitting some speed bumps. And we we thought about it because they they... 
they have a good situation. They went over. It was it's it was never easy for these players to become stars. When Christian Pulisic left his home, or when Weston McKinney left his home, or Tyler Adams left the Red Bulls to play Europe, that's a that's a seismic shift in your life. You have to be thick skinned and tough to not only move to Europe to play away from your family and what's familiar with you. It's it, it, uh, not to sound dumb, but it's it's a different world. Everything, your life changes. And to do that and be successful, you've got to give them a lot of credit. But to come, we I think we gave them too much credit and thought that they were going to come back to CONCACAF World Cup qualifying and just hit the ground running. I think it's naive to think we can put those them in the situation. Should they have more points than two? Absolutely. Should they have more than one goal in two games? Absolutely. I think maybe even more. That's the biggest issue. Their defense is rock solid, which is a good sign. But whatever happens, if they drop points, they'll still have a chance to qualify for the World Cup late in the rounds. And the depth and the quality will help them because with these three games per window, some of the teams that aren't as deep are going to fall off the uh, the back tire, so to speak. So before we get in the game, it's it, we have to keep that in context because I think we got into this idea where we got so excited about this team and people were saying, hey, 2022 World Cup, they're going to qualify and they're going to make a semifinal. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, I, the, the reality is I think they would perform better in a World Cup than this qualifying because it's such a shock to the system for them. Clearly, they could not, the rollout could not have been any worse. As good as they looked in Nations League and Gold Cup, the rollout here could not be any worse. Uh, not result-wise. It could have been worse result-wise. I just want to make that abundantly clear. Could have lost to El Salvador and could have lost to Canada. So it could have been worse. But the rollout with Weston McKinney uh, breaking protocol and left out of the squad for this game. Zach Steffen getting COVID. Uh, Gio Reyna with a hamstring strain. So he's out as well. So, I mean, every team in this, there's no excuses because look what Jamaica went through. You know, they just got these players. They couldn't even play them in the first game, and they were there with Mexico. Everyone's got everyone's got issues. Uh, nobody's full strength, but I think the U.S. will get better unless they are dealt some really bad cards where their confidence just gets destroyed. We're not there yet. I mean, even like in that game where we're losing hope, they found a way to get a goal. The problem was. And right after they scored that goal, they looked like they were going to score another one. Even though the difference between when they scored and when Canada scored was seven minutes. But I was like, I was about to tweet this. I go, USA is now going to, they could get a goal or two here and just run away with this. And then Canada scored. I was like, don't tweet that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's close. It's close. And I, I it, it, the, the players are still engaged and... They're going to have to find a way. And we'll see what happens in Honduras. I tend to think they'll do okay in that game. And, you know, Honduras is a team that's not going to empathize or sympathize with the U.S. Because they're missing their, their best player. I'll bet they're at least not in the squad. And uh, they're playing their first home game, which is going to give them a huge pop. But I think the U.S., after this third game, maybe get, you know, get out of here. They've already experienced the trip to Central America. They know what it's going to be like. You have to experience things, right? In everything. To think that you just show up in these situations and you're going to adapt is is folly. You don't do that. 
you have to experience these things as much as you can practice. And they, you could tell that they weren't quite ready for it because, you know, Tyler Adams was saying the goal is nine points. I'm like, what? And the media is saying the goal is seven points. I go, That's a lot of points for uh, three games where you have two of them on the road. Have we not seen qualifying in the past? It doesn't happen. I think realistically, based on the history, anyone with common sense, and I'm, I, that, I'm, let, me, let me pull that out. Anybody based on the history would say, we're going to get five points. We'll win at home and we'll tie it El Salvador, Honduras. I think they can win at Honduras. I was watching the Honduras, El, oh, this is ridiculous. I had all these games going on. So I didn't really see it that closely. But every time I watched, El Salvador had the ball and they were playing. And Honduras, they were on the road, they backed away. But I think a team like Honduras at home is going to play defensive as well. I talk to people, they're going to be aggressive. Why would they be aggressive? They don't have their star striker. And there's a there is a blueprint to beat the U, or at least to get a result from the U.S., as Canada showed. So I, I will say after the Canada draw, I never thought about this over the last two years when this U.S. group was growing with confidence. But today I actually hit me and I actually thought for a moment of a USA not qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. Which would be, I, I didn't want to think about it, how bad it would be. People want to make the semifinals, just make the World Cup. And it doesn't have to be pretty. You've got to make the World Cup and then you can get towards 2026. This is a historically young team. Again, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm not surprised they're having issues finding a way. And... To my earlier point, nobody's running away with anything in these qualifiers. And I don't think anyone is going to. No one's scoring goals, except for Panama and Jamaica, which was a, a serious outlier. So everyone, all the, the problem for the U.S. is the teams that are 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, they would get results against. You might not now. But I don't think it's crazy to think they could go to the Azteca and get a result or go to Costa Rica, which I don't think they've won in, and get a result. I think that's all on the cards. The USA will be competitive in all 14 of these games. They're not going to get blown out unless they just check out. And uh, they could probably get points in everything. It's interesting because we we wanted to empower the young players, but now this discussion of like bringing veteran players in who've been there, and the veteran players did well, you know? I mean, Tim Ream in El Salvador, John Brooks here. Sebastian Legette did I thought did really well in this game. Uh, Kellen Acosta was okay. Do you, I, I'm trying to think of what are the veteran players that you bring in? Jossie Zardes. I mean Josie Altador, Michael Bradley. That one that's not happening. But you know, some of these veteran ML, MLS players. I mean, who could they be? I I I, I don't even I. It's not gonna. The the striker situation's a real dilemma. I thought I, I thought in the states when these kids grew up playing soccer they wanted to score goals, but it's Josh Sargent couldn't score, Jordan Pifok couldn't score. Who's going to get goals at that position? We always used to have that steadfast striker who was comforting, the Brian McBride type. But we don't have that now. But we, and we have a goal scoring issue. We had it in the Gold Cup, so someone's going to have to step up. Just need a goal. Hopefully you get two in a game. You get two goals in a game and these qualifiers are going to win that game.
So uh, there's so much to uh, to be concerned about. And reading articles now, hours after that game, that is the the narrative. Uh, and the thing is, they don't have time to to kind of be patient with this. They've got to fix anything. So if if they have a conversation with Weston McKinney and he's he's not there and he's doing things he shouldn't be, then you've got to jettison him. As weird as that sounds, you've got to find people that you can you don't have to worry about. And I don't think I don't think what I don't know what he did, but I I, I would imagine it wasn't anything absurd like leaving at two in the morning to go to a party. It was just a, an oversight, and he screwed up. And I think Greg Berhalter wanted to send a message for the rest of the squad, uh, and that's what happened. I truly believe that. I hope that's the case because I love Weston McKinney. He's just the everyman, and he does so much for this team, and we need him. You know, we didn't have Gio Reyna, no Zach Steffen, but Matt Turner is the number one for this team. You cannot pull him out, regardless of how concerned you are, how he plays out of the back. And he doesn't really play out of the back. I mean, he was lobbing balls out, but maybe we knew, maybe we need to play out of the back. Maybe that's something that uh, will help us develop opportunities. So I guess we can't count out Zach Steffen. I'm sure uh, Greg Berhalter is not counting anyone out because he has to figure this out. A lot of people were talking about Jurgen Klinsmann after a couple games in the 2018 cycle was replaced by Bruce Arena. And it's not apples to apples because Jurgen Klinsmann had the full cycle for 2014. Uh, it's not really that case anymore because now you have these managers that have tenure. I mean, like Oscar Tavares at Uruguay. How long has he been there? And Didier Deschamps continues to be at France. But it used to be you had one cycle and you moved on. You didn't stay as a national team. But that's changed. And far be it for me to argue Oscar Tavares and Didier Deschamps because those countries have gotten results. But Greg Berhalter, because the U.S. didn't qualify last time out, it's gonna, the pressure is going to mount. So he has his Honduras game. These next three games in October, which are favorable. So if they don't get the results there, I think he's in trouble. Normally he wouldn't be, but Ernie Stewart, Brian McBride, all those guys are, they know we, we can't risk this. And I'm sure they have a contingency plan of someone they could talk to to come in. They want it to be very American about this team. I like Greg Berhalter a lot, and I hope he figures it out. But he wasn't great in this game, tactically. I mean, just basic things where you have a game coming up on Wednesday, and you play these guys, like Christian Pulisic who hadn't played, you play him the full 90. And I mean, Christian Pulisic never really got in gear. Not It would have been hard to replace him, but playing him 90 minutes, what's his role in Honduras? For a guy who hasn't played a lot. You don't just go 90-90-90. So it's it's worrisome. Uh, but I will always tell people it could be worse with all of this. Tyler Adams was very good. And that's a positive. Uh, Miles Robinson, we found a really good defender. The the two center backs and goalkeeper are good in my books. Fullbacks, I I don't know what happened there. It was our, It was the strongest position we had. And we keep producing them like Joe Scally and Brian Reynolds. I don't think either one of those are ready right now, but Serginho Des now with an ankle injury. We were worried about him defending Alfonso Davies, who by the way is far and away the best player in CONCACAF. It's not even close. And then DeAndre Yedlin got beat pretty bad on the goal. 
which was so frustrating because the U.S. worked so hard to score and then they let the Canadian goal so easily in. That's just, that happens in the game and training and time together and they have a lot of time together. Hopefully we'll fix that. But the fullback situation when the October call-ups, I expect it to look a lot different. Uh, Brennan Aronson scored the goal. Great. I just love his work rate. Gio Reyna we missed. He's not going to be there for Honduras, so we'll see when he does come back. There's some options. Conrad De La Fuente came in. It's tricky because I, you know, we I do this show and I do everything around the U.S. team, and not making the World Cup is it's a killer for every all of us who cover the game here. It's a killer because we're trying to get this sport uh, on a on a higher wavelength. But you can't do that if they don't qualify for the World Cup. But there's a lot at play here. The competition's better. The team is very young. And uh, they have to experience this in, in a certain way. Look, if they didn't let that goal, if they were just a little tighter defensively and they won that 1-0, we're having a much different conversation. But there we are. We'll be back next Sunday. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a great time here, as always, bringing you this podcast. I truly love this. Every Sunday night I do it. Please uh, share, subscribe, rate, review. Check out the Soccer OG YouTube under Max Pretos and subscribe there too. The numbers are going great there. So made a breakthrough. We're going to do the breakthrough here on the podcast. Talk to you soon. As I always say, Placido Domingo.